This podcast is sponsored by Marquee. Marquee provides marketing and compliance software and expertise to assemble, analyze, and act on credit union data. Learn more at GoMarquee.com. From the Credit Union National Association, this is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union People. Credit Union Ideas. While data drives most marketing decisions today, it is still the employees on the front lines of the credit union that develop and deepen the member relationships. With that data at their fingertips, frontline team members can reshape the member experience and drive credit union growth. Tony Rizzo is Chief Marketing and Creative Officer for Marquee. Ryan Housefield is Senior Vice President of Sales. In this podcast, Tony and Ryan describe how credit unions can use data on the front lines to drive sales and decision-making and improve efficiency while improving the bottom line. As Tony says in this interview, the best way credit unions can compete with their big competitors is by being local and focused. Meeting that challenge begins with data integration. Tony and Ryan, one of the hot topics in financial marketing today, especially with COVID and the changing environment, is digital services and digital marketing. Can you talk a little bit of how that plays into the fundamentals of marketing and relationship management? Absolutely. And you cannot pick up, for those of us that actually read things on paper, but certainly we can't jump to any known website without seeing digital marketing. And that's just not our, our, our industry, but that's everywhere. And I think that the idea from a banking perspective with digital services, they are the delivery channel. What we cannot become complacent as good marketers is believing that the digital channel is the relationship builder. It can certainly strengthen a relationship, make it more convenient for the member, but it is not the relationship. If we do that and think that digital marketing and digital channels, digital services are the relationship we are relegating our relationship to our phones. And as soon as we train a member to know that their relationship is with the phone, I, the credit union, become irrelevant. I can go anywhere. So what does that mean? Digital delivers, but then what I have to be able to do as the marketer is extend that relationship. How do we do that? Well, it all starts, from our opinion, with data, right? So we take the data, we understand, we form, we shape, the view of that member, and then we integrate multiple channels. So primarily where we are today, a lot of call center, certainly can be email, certainly can be direct mail, can be all the things we do in terms of engagement on the website, could be search engine marketing. But it's all those things that we do to wrap the relationship around that member. Credit unions that we work with that are truly high performance during this time, and I think for any foreseeable future, have decided that CRM is going to be an integral part of the business to strengthen and deepen those relationships so you and I can have a personal, relevant, meaningful communication. The ability for someone to remain a member is is long-lasting. I'm glad you mentioned CRM. So many institutions are going towards a universal banking model in many of their branches, especially with the way branches are physically set up. So how can CRM help universal bankers perform at a higher level? 
Yeah, and Rod, I'll take that one. I would say that was really born out of the change in the branch model and why members are visiting branches. They're no longer going to a branch to process a very simple, basic transaction. They're going there for advice. They're going there to process a complex transaction. They're going for help to resolve a complex issue that they're having. So CRM and that platform gives the universal banker the information and tools they need to serve that relationship on a higher plane by knowing who they are, what they have, what they have a propensity for, what conversations they've had with the institution in the past so that that banker or that credit union associate can pick up where they left off the last time they engaged with that member. So, you know, going off of what Tony said, it's really more of a focus on the relationship than it is the transaction. And by having the tools and the information you need to manage that relationship, allows you to perform on a higher level. You talked about how digital and automation is kind of the tool that serves the relationship. And so marketing automation is kind of the tool in financial services marketing. Can you describe how the best marketing automation trends and best practices are and what drives it? Well, first, what is marketing automation? From our perspective, it's recognizing a behavior and taking action on that behavior. So that's a very broad way of defining it. But essentially, when we look at marketing automation, what's really the driver for us is in the ability over the past really three years of institutions to transmit a massive amount of data in a real-time environment and take action on it. That's one of the things that we specialize in is our ability to take core data, transaction data, mortgage data, credit card data, insurance data, wealth management data, consume all of that in near real time, and then write rules that increase engagement with the members. So what's an example of that? Really simple example would be a birthday. So I know your birthday is day after tomorrow. I have something going out to you today. So on your birthday, you get something from your credit union. Seems pretty simple, seems pretty basic. But it is astounding to me when we look at the results and engagement of members that we just reach out to with good manners type of communication, how sticky they become because we've recognized something that's important to them. We've taken action on it and they appreciate that. So from a more technical side, we've seen the number of data sources dramatically increase just over the past three years. On average, Credit unions are sending us about three years ago, about 10 data sources. Now that's up to 18. That's a lot of transactional data that we're getting a hold. It's about an 80% increase in, in the volume of data and an incredible pickup and speed of that data. So we've also seen in terms of trending and best practices, a number of our clients move from campaign-based marketing, I'm going to do an auto promotion in the fall, to always on marketing. So they might have 50 or 100 different events they're analyzing for and recognizing on a daily basis. So their marketing becomes a machine, right? No matter what time of day, what day of the week, something is going on. And not because we can, but because we should. I'm recognizing a behavior. I've identified that that's important and we're going to do something about it. And it doesn't just have to be an email or a letter. A lot of our clients are then pushing that through the CRM and we have outbound calling going on. Hey, your certificate is coming up in the next 30 days. We have a tremendous rate. We'd like it to renew. Is that okay? I mean, so those kinds of just quick touch bases 
on an ongoing basis with our membership pays dividends. Nothing's earth shattering, right? You don't do these kinds of things and all of a sudden you get to be $10 billion. These are small incremental actions you take every day that consistently do two things. One, acquire and strengthen and deepen relationships. And I think the other thing that it does is it just instills a level of confidence with that member that they're appreciated. Thousands of automated messages go out weekly or daily to members. How do institutions keep the front line informed of who receives what messages? In the world of automated communication, behavior-based marketing, it can be a challenge to keep the front line in the know on what went out and who received what. So at Marquee, we have clients that have hundreds, if not thousands of automated messages queued up on a daily basis, ready to go out based on a member transaction or behavior. And we close that loop with the front line through the CRM where we can display what a member received, what a household received. So they're in the know. They're no longer in the dark if a member walks in or calls in and asks about the piece that they received. They can speak intelligently to that offer, which of course improves member experience. It improves the member service. And at the same time, it can help drive sales and product adoption because they know what they received. And they're in a position to ask the member if they had any questions about the communication, if they'd like to speak to another associate that has more information on that product. So it really puts them in a position to better serve and better sell by being in the know on who received what. And that becomes a real challenge without CRM platform in place that can align what marketing is doing with what's happening in the branches and in the contact center. Where do you see this going in the next three to five years? I see from a data standpoint, a lot more transactional data is going to be transferred and acted upon. A lot of our clients first it seems pretty daunting, right? There's a lot, a lot to try to decode and understand. So the thing we recommend to start small, start simple. Best piece of advice I give to all of our clients looking to start to mine that transaction data, start with your ACH data. Go to your ACH file and let's decode people that are paying mortgages somewhere else. Let's go after them and tell them we have a better option. We have a better alternative. So we start small and build on it from there. But it's going to be it just next three to five years, a lot more. The volume of data is just going to continue to increase. So you can actually just start right now, start today, really. That's exactly right. And you don't have to wait. I also think that over the next few years, you're going to see providers, especially other fintech providers, start to proffer alternative data models that are going to be transactional-based You're seeing some of this now with some of these quasi-credit scores coming out that are based on behavioral factors like, do you pay your cell phone on time? You're going to see a lot more of those kind of multi-level models being proffered for marketing and behavior analysis. There's competition from fintechs, but credit unions always kind of run a little bit different race. How can credit unions kind of create a blue ocean and acquire, grow, and retain relationships where fintech companies can't really compete. Is there a way they can do that? Interesting you use the term blue ocean. So we're trying to swim in that blue water and stay away from the red water. From a fintech perspective, what credit unions cannot afford to do is give up their independence. So what do I mean by that? When I see Google, Apple, when I see joint relationships with institutions that dwarf us and we're giving up ground to partner with them, I'm a little suspicious because if I have a relationship 
through you with Google. Google's pretty big. You're never going to outspend. You're never going to outspend these guys. So my relationship could very easily shift over to that other entity. I'm giving up my independence. I'm giving up my voice. I'm giving up my brand so I can buy into an environment, an ecosystem, and have somebody else's logo. That's a little unnerving to me if I'm kind of looking broad. So what do we do? To get to that blue ocean, I think it's difficult to do from a product construction standpoint. But what I do think one can do is the ocean can be found right outside the front door. And what do I mean by that? We do an awful lot of geographic analysis. And I can tell you, unless I'm talking about a very rural area, that every institution I've ever done this exercise for can say one thing. They can double, at least, assets under management within a five-minute drive time of their front door. Now, that's the blue ocean, in my opinion. Your market is hyper-local within doggone near walking distance of your branch footprint. So what can I do in that regard to do acquisition programs? And once you've been acquired, how can I retain you? And what can I do to tell you we are here, we are local, we are independent. Everything we do is here. It is built around membership. That's the ocean that I would want to swim in because on average, each of us, again, unless you live in a rural area, is within... 10 minutes of a minimum of six individual banks or credit unions from their front door. So nobody that can bank ever wakes up in the morning and says, where will I bank today? So if I'm a marketer, I have to realize if I'm looking for that ocean, I need to be able to create a point of differentiation. And in financial services, it is exceedingly hard to build that brand, especially exceedingly hard when in comparison to, say, Bank of America, who spends $325,000 per hour versus every credit union in the country combined spends 6000 we can't outspend them. So I have to outmaneuver them. I think the way to do that is being local and being focused. So let's say I'm a credit union considering an investment in MRM technology. What are the strategic benefits of an initiative of, of that sort? From where we sit at Marquee, we've offered CRM platforms for 20 years. We just released a brand new platform based on client feedback. And as we were building the roadmap for that, and we were talking to our clients about the benefits, we focused on three key areas. And I would say first off, and probably the most important, is by having that complete and accurate view of each member, each household, what they have with you, what they don't have, what they're likely to purchase next, what marketing campaigns they've received, how profitable they are, a variety of different metrics down to the the relationship level. It gives frontline associates, whether in the branches or in the contact center or a universal banker, the information they need to deliver a better member experience and better member service because they can answer a very simple, basic, fundamental question. Who is the member? Who am I? What's important to me? Do you care enough to write these things down? Second thing I would focus on would be efficiency. And by automating a variety of different manual processes like referrals, workflows, pulling information together to build a pipeline on what you project to close on the deposit side and the loan side, maybe calculating and tracking incentive payouts if you have an incentive plan at your credit union, By automating a lot of those manual tasks, you can significantly impact the org's efficiency. Then the third thing I would say, which really becomes a byproduct of the first one, 
but it would be the ability to increase sales and product adoption. And at the end of the day, if you're serving your members, you know who they are, you're having a relevant conversation with them about how else you can help, inevitably you're going to increase product adoption and help them use more of your, your services. So strategically speaking, focusing on acquiring new relationships, strengthening those relationships and retaining those relationships, and in the process, of course, improving the credit union's efficiency. And all that becomes possible, and I don't want to leave this part out because it's last but certainly not least, is by deploying a very deliberate, intentional implementation and adoption strategy. And at Marquee, we've learned over the years there's a recipe for success when it comes to deploying MRM. And we've built out that roadmap and that plan to make sure our clients know what those those important areas are so they don't make the mistakes we've seen others make in the past. As credit unions look to grow and retain membership, are you seeing more of a focus on acquisition or deepening existing relationships? I am seeing a little bit of a tick towards more acquisition programs. I'm seeing more of that come across my desk and having more, more people having that discussion. I think that part of that is driven by a lot of of credit unions perhaps haven't spent a lot in marketing during the pandemic. They have some budget. And so they're doing some acquisition that they normally may not have done. So I think that's maybe one of the underpinnings that we're seeing. So what we really talk about with our clients is a three-prong approach. And we talk about increasing market share. Acquisition certainly a part of it. But I also have to increase purchase frequency. Got to get you to buy more often. When you do buy, I got to grow your transaction at the point of sale. So it's those kind of three tenants that we look at. Now, acquisition, difficult to do. If everybody could do acquisition, everybody would do it all the time. That's a game of frequency and impression and trying to wrap your arms around a prospective member and show them that you're there. Now, that ties back to what I said earlier. If we just focus on our blue ocean of five minutes from the front door, I can afford that, but I can't afford the entire city of Dallas, for example. No way. Not unless I'm one of the very biggest. So I got to be local even in my acquisition programs. From a retention standpoint, from our research for every one loan that a credit union owns within their current membership, there are 46 somewhere else. For every $1 a credit union owns on the books, there's $66 somewhere else. So we know there's an opportunity to deepen relationships. And, and again, if you go back to what I said earlier about five minutes from the door, you can you can at least double assets yeah. under management. You could double your loan volume just by going to your current members and saying, we got a better deal for you. All goes back to everything's local. Contact centers, especially in this environment, they've seen an increase in activity. How can reps improve the member experience through this channel? It's a simple answer in the sense that the quicker you can get to my call, one, and two, the quicker you can resolve my issue, the more satisfied I'm going to be with my experience at the call center. So one simple way to do that is every time a member calls in, don't require them to retrace their steps and start over. You need to pick up where they left off and know what conversation they might have had with one of your colleagues yesterday or maybe in the branch the day before that. That way you're picking up and you're more efficient in your follow through because you already know where they stand and where that issue might be. With so many credit unions flush with deposits, do you have any ideas or best practices on building a pipeline of loan opportunities? 
I've seen some institutions execute an interesting strategy. And the premise with that, and to your question about future opportunities, is granted, we want to try our best to find the right member at the right time with a need that we can fill, whether it's on the loan side or the deposit side. In person, we can do that through marketing. But human nature tells us that I, as a consumer, am more comfortable telling you about a future need, financial need that I may have, because there's less pressure and I'm not going to be sold right there on the spot. So some questions credit unions can ask to build that future pipeline again, loan or deposit side are, do you have any major purchases coming up in the next three to six months that we can help you finance? Are you going to be, especially in this environment, are you going to be making any changes to your investment strategy or the way that you're saving and what you're saving that we might be able to help you with through this pandemic? And then third would be, do you have any life changes, major life changes coming up that we can support, whether that's professional like changing jobs or retiring, or that's personal, you're moving, or maybe you're sending a kid to college, or maybe you're about to have a kid. So by being able to ask those questions, understand not only how you can help the member right now today, but how you can support them in the future, builds up that pipeline for ways that you can follow up with in the next three to six months to hopefully transact that business with that relationship. You just need to have a team that's intentional about asking those questions logging the information, and somehow reminding themselves to follow up at the appropriate date to see if they're ready for you to help them with that financial need. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio. This podcast is sponsored by Marquee. Marquee provides marketing and compliance software, and expertise to assemble, analyze, and act on credit union data. Learn more at gomarkey.com.